This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And as I get started with this episode, I want to let you know that if you hear a little tinge of sadness in my voice as I walked over to record this, we're dealing with the first day of snow. Now I know by the time you're actually hearing it, we're well into winter and that seems like a long time ago, but I'm just experiencing that loss right now (laughs) and, uh, I always, when this starts, I always ask myself, what in the world am I doing living in Michigan? But here we are, and uh, hopefully you're somewhere that you're not dealing with a ton of that right now. Um, (laughs) That doesn't connect whatsoever to what I'm talking about in this episode, but it's just what's happening, what was on my mind. So (laughs) so I'm going to make the awkward transition now into what I want to share in this episode from 1 Peter chapter 3. And I came across this passage because I keep a little um, a little folder on my laptop of different ideas that are, hey, this is a potential idea to share for a devotion, for a message at a church, for a podcast episode. And there are, there are little things that In the moment that I come across them, they hit me a certain way, and then I'll just keep them. So I have probably 20 different things in this little little folder on my desktop that's kind of devotions I might use. And I was looking through a few of those uh, in preparation for what I was going to talk about in the next episode. I didn't know it would be about this, obviously. And I came across something that I put in there in February of this year. And it was a just a screenshot from a post. I've talked before about living in, uh, living in South Africa. And one of my South African pastor friends put a passage of scripture from 1 Peter chapter 3. And he put it in a translation that I had never seen before. I'd never heard of before. And I looked it up. It's called the Passion Translation. And what it is doing, trying to do, is to put some of these, uh, you know, even if it's not a familiar passage, I think we can sometimes read passages and go, yep, I've seen this sort of uh, way of talking about things. Yep, that makes sense to me because this reads like a Bible passage. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, you know, kind of how I talk about when we're so familiar with a specific particular verse, it's kind of easy to check out mentally when we read it or someone reads it or we come across it some way. And then if we make ourselves focus in and say, okay, I know John 3.16, I know Romans 3.23, but what are those passages really saying? I want to hear it like it's the first time I'm hearing it. And what I found is that reading this, 
in this other translation kind of had that that had that impact, had that effect for me. And so what I want to do is I want to read the context here of what Peter's talking about. And this is 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. And then it's going to be this quote. And he's quoting from the book of Psalms, from Psalm chapter 34. And I want you to hear, maybe with new new ears, a new perspective, a new understanding of taking this into language that we're not really used to hearing Scripture in, um, what it did for me is it helped me see it kind of almost for the first time, you know, in a brand new way. And I went, whoa, okay, yeah, that's a high calling. So First Peter chapter 3 starting in verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. And now these next couple verses are the verse I'm switching now to this, the passion translation, because I want you to hear with a new perspective, a new uh, twist maybe on some familiar ideas. For the scriptures tell us, whoever wants to embrace true life and find beauty in each day must stop speaking evil, hurtful words and never deceive in what they say. Always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good. Eagerly pursue peace in every relationship, making it your prize. For the eyes of the Lord Yahweh rest upon the godly, and his heart responds to their prayers. But he turns his back on those who practice evil. Now, as Peter here is quoting from the Psalms, it makes sense that we see this is an idea that really goes through a lot of, uh, especially Psalms and Proverbs, talking about the reason why it's important to be faithful, to be obedient, to do things God's way. It's connected to God's blessing. And going away from that path is connected to, you know, as the psalmist says at the end of this line, he turns his back on those who practice evil. And so there's often this dichotomy. But as I read through that, and as I, um, you know, in different language, in a way that we're maybe not used to hearing scripture talking about this life transformation, this life change that God has done, continues to do, and wants to do in our lives, it really gets up in our face about some of this stuff, right? Whoever wants to embrace true life 
and find beauty in each day, must stop speaking evil, hurtful words, and never deceive in what they say. Always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good. Now, I want to not necessarily break down each of these lines and talk about what that looks like, but I do want to kind of um, talk a little bit about the bigger concepts here because the psalmist is talking about the importance of not speaking evil, hurtful words or deceiving And so this is obviously talking about what we say. And I've spent time talking about this before, and I'll continue to talk about it in the future because we know that what we say impacts our relationships with people around us. And when I started thinking about how good of a job I do at actually trying to practice this all day, every day, I found that, you know, I'd I'd say I do a good job most of the time with most of the people in my life that I avoid speaking evil, hurtful words, and I avoid deceiving in what I say. But it it can be easy when, you know, and, and when we're tempted to do this, we feel like we have good reason, good justification. Hey, I'm tired or, hey, I'm, my back is hurting today or, hey, I'm dealing with 10 different things and I just really, if I'm honest, I just don't have time to deal with whatever this new thing is that this new person is bringing to my attention. And because I don't have the emotional reserves to deal with it right now, I'm not going to, you know, because when we're in that state, when we're frazzled, when we're annoyed, when we're in pain, when we're overwhelmed, we very rarely, at least me, I don't know a lot of people that do this, maybe you do, but when we're in that state, we very rarely stop someone who's talking to us and say, hey, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff right now. I understand what you're talking about is important, but I'm really not in a spot to deal with it right now. Now, if you do that, that's amazing. That's great. That's probably (laughs) the ideal reaction. But what I usually do is I shut down or I make a sarcastic comment or I say, hey, I'm not, not really interested in that. I don't want to talk about that. And I want you to join me for a moment here and just thinking about what kind of impact that has on other people. Now, I know that it feels weird to categorize, you know, in this passage, the line there is, stop speaking evil, hurtful words. And we kind of don't think of that sort of blow-off response, that sarcastic response, that shut-down response as evil and hurtful. And maybe evil is a little bit of an extreme way to talk about it. 
But we know that where we're coming from, our internal motivation is definitely not good and healthy. So maybe it is a little bit, maybe a touch of evil, right? And what we do when we uh, react in those moments, because often we're not doing something that is planned out, that if we had it to do over again, we'd do it the exact same way. We're just so focused on thinking about us that we miss how hurtful and how, to use the language of this text, evil, maybe on a tiny, tiny, insignificant, small scale. But we know that we're not coming from a pure, healthy, good, loving place. He says, never deceive in what they say. And never deceive in what we say. That's important. It can be tempting to just sort of Um, I'm not thinking of a great example off the top of my head, but you know, I'm (laughs) the only one that's coming to my mind. I know that I've talked about this before, but I really noticed the importance of being just straight up honest. This was probably at this point, probably 10 or 12 years ago. I was an intern here at winning at home while I was in college and I I spilled some coffee on this document that it was a contract that needed to be signed and returned to the other party. It was already signed by them. It was at Winning at Home to get it signed by, uh, at the time, my boss's boss of the internship and I spilled coffee on the contract. And, you know, again, if this were to happen to 34 year old me it's like okay yeah shoot that stinks but we can get him to send over another contract but this happened to man it was longer than 10 years I probably was 20 year old me you know and I thought oh man this is like at this point probably the most official document (laughs) that I've ever held in my hands and I just ruined it and now my supervisor And their supervisor are going to look like idiots because of me. And as I started to get ready to walk into uh, the office to explain, hey, this is what happened. I'm going, you know, not like over and over and over practicing in my head, but I was thinking, how am I going to say this? And I thought, okay, I'm going to say, hey, coffee got spilled on this contract, which was not inaccurate, but it was leaving out some of what happened, right? Because I I knew it didn't just happen. I knocked it over. I spilled the coffee on it. And as I was walking into the office, I, I reframed it in my head and I wound up saying, hey, I spilled coffee on this contract. I'm sorry. I messed it up. I what do we do? And when I think about what it looks like to deceive or to not deceive in our language, I I often think back on that moment. 
And maybe that's a dumb thing. It's a weird thing to feel like, wow, that was a formative <laughs> moment. Cause I, I don't think that the moment was, but I do think that the lesson was. And what I really worked to do since then, and sometimes I do a great job at it, and sometimes I kind of shade things as I tell the story um, to make me look a little bit better, right? Why, I think that that's a little bit deceptive in what we say. And then the psalmist goes on, always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good. Eagerly pursue peace in every relationship, making it your prize. Now, as I was walking over here to start recording this, I thought in my mind of, uh, <laughs> obviously in my mind, uh, I thought of I believe it was something that C.S. Lewis wrote. And like I say, I thought of this less than five minutes before I started recording. So I didn't go back and try to find it. I think it's in a book underlined somewhere on my shelf. But if I'm, if I'm remembering this right, he was writing about how uh, we can look back on people in previous generations of the church and we look at their utter devotion we look at the level of commitment that they had to following after Jesus and like I said I believe it's C.S. Lewis and I believe this is the context and I believe he said something along these lines if we were really honest with ourselves we would realize that the reason we don't have that same level of commitment and devotion is because we never actually intended to have that level of commitment and that level of devotion. And when I think about this line right here, always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good, Eagerly pursue peace in every relationship, making it your prize. How many of us live our lives with that as our actual goal, as our actual purpose? Like I said earlier, I do that sometimes with some people, but I certainly don't make peace in every relationship my prize. I certainly don't always turn from what is wrong and cultivate what is good. So this happened yesterday, and it's a dumb, minor uh, example of just a small way that this shows up. I've mentioned to you before that um, I like to collect basketball cards, and I like to buy and sell them, and you know, the NBA season, as I'm recording this, is in the early couple, I think we're two weeks in or something like that. So by the time you hear it, be a month and a half in, somewhere in there. And at the beginning of the season is it's high time for buying and selling 
because there's so little data to go off of. So if somebody has a couple good games, everyone's trying to buy their cards. If someone has a couple bad games, everyone's trying to move on to the next guy. Okay. And so I listed some cards for sale and I had a guy get in touch with me who was really pushy and really aggressive and really lowballing me on some stuff. And, you know, I was like, hey, thanks for the offer, but I'm going to pass, da-da-da. And he just kept coming at me, really aggressive, really pushy. And he's like, hey, if I buy this, I need to still be able to make money, da-da-da-da-da. And um, <laughs> I was telling Annalise, we had lunch together yesterday, and I was telling her, you know, this is this guy saying this, and he's, you know, he's kind of annoying me. And I'm about to respond you know, by saying, dude, I don't care. I'm not your business partner. I don't care if you can make money again off of these cards, you know, like, and just kind of a couple other things I was going to throw in there too. But we talked about it and she's like, oh yeah, you should definitely say that. And I said, yeah, you know, what's been kind of holding me back is that it's not coming from a good place in me. Like it would make me feel good for a second, but it would make me feel good for a second for all the wrong reasons. That's not who I want to be. And I don't tell that story to say, look, Annalise was trying to make me do this. I wanted to do it. But I, I just felt this little holding me back of going, that's not, that's not helpful. That's not, you know, I wasn't thinking about this verse. I'm not going to act like I was, but in the language of this verse, that is not turning from what is wrong and cultivating what is good. It's not eagerly pursuing peace in every relationship and making it my prize. And like I say, that is a minor dumb example and maybe you go I'm not even sure it would have been not okay for you to do something like that and I'm not saying it would have been wrong or would have been whatever but I'm saying what I see in me in those moments is my motivation is I want to say something that's going to stop this person from acting the way they're acting from saying what they're saying, from doing what they're doing. And I'm trying to bother them. I'm trying to break through whatever it is that's not letting them understand what I'm trying to say. And I'm trying to find that line of enough of a jerk that they can tell I'm serious, but not enough of a jerk so it does any kind of long-term, like, you know, this. (laughs) Obviously, I'm online, so this username hates my username, you know, it's whatever. But what I see in me in those moments, it's not coming from a good place. And I've talked about this before in the context of, I'm pretty sure it was sarcasm, where when we're saying or doing something, we know when we're doing it, in a lighthearted, joking, having fun kind of way. And we know when we're using 
sarcasm to kind of hide the truth or to communicate part of the truth. And I think in our little moments of interaction, when it's even as insignificant as some random guy trying to buy a basketball card, we have a chance to practice what it looks like to interact with other people pursuing peace, making it our prize. And I want to encourage you, uh, maybe for you it does need to start with your online interactions. You know, I, th- I think when I recorded the episode on technology, I talked about the idea that pretty much all parents are worried about their kids being bullied online. But very few ever think, well, I hope my kid isn't the bully. Maybe instead of that being about kids, maybe that needs to be about you. Maybe you need to reevaluate some of the emails that you send at work, some of the things that you post on social media, some of the ways that you're interacting with people where you understand that there was no part of my motivation here that was pursuing peace, that was prizing peace. But maybe instead of it being in that category, this online interaction, maybe it's the people that you're around, that you're closest to, your spouse, your kids, your parents, your siblings. I don't know your context, but in all of those relationships, Peter here quoting from Psalms reminds us that we need to be eagerly pursuing peace in every relationship and making it our prize. It's so easy in the moment to forget about that. It's so easy in the moment to honestly not care about that. But what God is inviting us into here is where our priorities and his don't line up. What he's inviting us into here is to make some changes. And as I'm reading through this, I'm thinking of some of the things that I need to do differently. As you're hearing me talk about this, I'm guessing you're experiencing the same thing. So let's all go and live differently. Because if we were to truly pursue peace in every relationship and make it our prize, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we act, all those things are impacted. Let's go and actually pursue peace.